Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 23, the parable of the sower. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Father, upon this occasion of your scripture being read publicly and preached, we ask for your help. We do pray, Lord, that we would hear the word not merely as wind passing over a rock, leaving us unchanged, but indeed, Lord, that we would find ourselves understanding and recognizing the authority of your voice herein, and that we would yield you all due obedience and faith. O Lord, we pray that your word would have this fruit among us, that we are drawn near to you, that we indeed are laid hold of by you, and that we, by your Spirit, reciprocate and lay hold of you and find ourselves unable to let go, find ourselves being carried off in your will. Lord, we pray that such wonderful things would belong to us, the children of God, for the sake of your beloved Son, our true Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew 23, or excuse me, Matthew 13. Verse 1, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, And hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed." lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then, The parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom 
and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another, sixty, and in another, thirty. This is God's word. The Lord's message to you tonight is simply this. Take care how you are hearing the word of Christ. Take care how you are hearing it today. Tonight, take care how you're hearing it for this very day. This very day, the Lord himself may just send you permanently in the direction that you are already going. Take care what you are doing with the word today. Tomorrow, the Lord may leave you forever on the course you are on right now. It is only by his grace that we can turn. It is only by his grace that we can hear. But take care how you hear. What we find in this parable of the sower is very close to what we find in 2 John 1.9, where it says, Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Do you hear the teaching of Christ with a believing heart that bears fruit in your life? If so, the Lord will give you more, our text says. Or do you hear God's word with an unbelieving, unfruitful heart? If so, the Lord could take away from you this very night what you have, what you think you have, and leave you with nothing. This is the teaching of our Lord Jesus. Let me explain it this way. You can hear the preaching of Christ's kingdom for months, for years, for decades, and be deceived, hiding your unbelief even from yourself, discovering the word never penetrated into you, like a well-rooted seed, never caused, any, never caused any break with sin in you, never caused a love for Jesus in you. This can happen sitting in the best churches, sitting under the best preaching. This happened under the preaching ministry of Paul. This happened under the preaching ministry of our Lord Jesus. You must take care how you are hearing the word. This is what the Lord comes to help you with tonight. 
in 23 verses, the Lord presses on you these sobering reasons why you must take care of how you are hearing the word of Christ. And what is our Lord's big overwhelming lesson in this whole teaching? He desires fruitfulness from those who hear the word. You see that in verse 23. He desires fruitfulness from those who hear the word. This is why he sows among us. He sows like all good farmers seeking a harvest. So do not listen to the word simply so you can say you listened. Do not just attend the hearing of the word. Attend to the doing of the word that you have heard. Because the Lord is collecting far more than ears. How many people heard me today? That's not a question he's interested in. He is collecting hearts. How many people made a break with sin today? How many people did my word cause to love me today? How many people are following me? He desires fruitfulness. Why do sheep eat grass? Do they eat so that they can vomit up the grass they ate at the shepherd's feet to show him how much they were able to eat? Yes, that's absurd and weird. I almost said, you. <laughs> of course they do not eat for that reason. Sheep eat a lot, but they don't eat to boast. Nope. Sheep eat to digest and produce wool and milk, and in some occasions, cheese, and life. So it should be with us. James said, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. When you hear the word of Christ, listen to believe what is right. Listen to do what is right. Don't just listen to say you listened. I was there. Now, besides fruitfulness, which we'll come back to, there is another reason we must take care how we hear, and it is the middle section of these 23 verses. This other reason why we must take care how we hear is because the Lord who sows the word sovereignly administers what he has sown, sovereignly attends to its root-taking, or not. This is why we must take heed to how we hear. And this might be one of the more challenging parts of our reading. The Lord is in charge of what his seed is going to do in the heart of a man. So in verses 3 through 9, we hear the parable of the soils, and the Lord's explanation comes later. A farmer goes out and sows his seed by hand. The seed falls on four different kinds of soil. The hardened footpath is one. The rocky ground is the second. The thorn-infested soil is the third. And the good soil is the fourth. Three of the four soils produce no fruit. The fourth soil, the good soil, produces abundant fruit. 30, 60, 100-fold Now, Jesus preached this parable to great crowds, 
but it is the disciples who come to him later and request an explanation. And Jesus says in verse 11, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. This is the sovereign sower. Not only does he rule above ground, he rules what goes on underground. To them it has not been given, but to you it has been given. What is Jesus saying? He is saying that his Father in heaven is sovereign over how men hear the gospel of the kingdom. Who will fruitfully receive the gospel of the kingdom? Who will reject the gospel of the kingdom? It is the Lord of the kingdom who decides, not man. And this is why we should be able to look very carefully at how we are hearing. To his disciples, it has been given to know. That's sovereignty, predestination. But others hear and are refused understanding. To them, it has not been given. That means these others are being judged. They hear, but in the hearing, they become more dull and more dull. The darkness in them thickens because of their inability to see and hear the word. The word, in fact, becomes a kind of burden in their life, which they will have to be guilty of for not hearing. Now, in that last phrase of verse 14, our Lord is quoting from Isaiah 6. In Isaiah 6, the Lord tells the prophet Isaiah, what his preaching ministry is going to be like. He says, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Isaiah 6, 9 and 10. Here's the point. For people who are smug and think they are entitled to God instead of dependent on God's mercy, but that they are entitled because of circumcision in their flesh or because they are related to Abraham by the flesh or because they have the law and they have a synagogue and they have a nation. For people who think they are entitled to God instead of desperately dependent on mercy, the preaching, of such, the preaching to such people will only harden their hearts. The Lord is going to see to it that preaching has that effect. And there are entitled people outside of Israel today. There are entitled people in the visible church of Christ who think that because they are members of a church, members of a Reformed church, their father was a member of a Reformed church, <laughs> they're entitled to God. And they throw an eclipse into the heavens to cover his mercy. The Lord will see to it that the ministry of the word only hardens the hearts of those who believe they're entitled. Which means there is a way you can use the preaching of God's word to actually avoid God. You can attend preaching just like someone who brings an animal sacrifice to pay God off. 
In this scheme, preaching becomes just another external action by which you avoid a true religion of the heart, a true religion of faith in the mercies of God in Christ. You are listening, and you're listening, and you're listening, always hearing, but without repentance. Never making a break with sin. Never coming to love the Lord. Never drawing near to the Lord. Just hearing and patting yourself on the back for always being there to hear. The Lord alone is sovereign over how you will hear the word. Which means, beloved, you must appeal to the Lord of the word. And if you do so, he will not reject you. The Spirit says in Psalm 51, 17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. When you come to realize how desperate you are, You are right where you need to be to go meet with God. You are never more ripe to do true and good business with a merciful God than when you realize that you have no entitlements before him except Jesus Christ. Isaiah 66, 2, the Lord says, This is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. So let me say this really clear. If you're only going to preaching and not going to the Lord, you have completely misunderstood the purpose of preaching. You must go to the Lord of the word. You must fall down before him and say, Lord, Forgive me for patting myself on the back for eating grass. Oh, Lord, forgive me for thinking that simply being present at your word was all you wanted of me. I have failed in fruitfulness. Change me, O oh God. Now, our Lord Jesus says there are four... Oh, excuse me, i got to back up a little bit. There is one other reason which we already touched on, for why we must take care how we hear. And it is because the Lord who sows will search our hearts for fruit. He is searching for fruit. Again, this is the key lesson in the parable of the soils or the parable of the sower, if you like. When our Lord explains this parable in verses 18 through 23, he shows that the key issue is... The heart. The absence of fruit in three of the four soils is not a failure of the seed, is it? Which is the word of God. It is a failure in the soil, which is the heart of man. Jesus says there are four different kinds of hearts in people who are in congregations hearing about his kingdom. Four different kinds. First, there is the hardened heart. You see that in verse 19. He's now explaining the parable that begins the reading. Verse 19, this heart, the hardened heart, is like the dirt under a swing set. Have you seen that dirt? That is compacted dirt. 
It has been trampled, this heart. It is hard with pride, hard with stubbornness. This heart is opposed to the things of God, just like Satan is. It is a heart Satan, in fact, has no troubles with. This heart has done all the work for the devil. This heart does not have even the slightest hold on the word that has been sown upon it. Satan just swoops in and snatches the seed of the word without any difficulty. There's no pulling back. A man with a heart like this hears the word of God, but his speech is always profane and worldly. He has no desire to advance in what he has heard. He's glad to lose what he has heard. Now, the next heart, verses 20 and 21, is the shallow heart. This heart is like the sparse soil that is scattered sometimes among a larger portion of rocks. The shallow soil. It produces something quickly, but not something that endures. The shallow heart believes the word of God is noble, believes the word of God should be honored, believes the word of God should be held in high regard. The shallow heart can be easily thrilled by the word. Here's how the late Norwegian pastor O. Hallisby Ole described the shallow heart. Quote, they are easily touched by the word. As a rule, theirs are emotional and sensitive natures. They are quickly affected by the things which they hear. Before long, their eyes grow moist and their tears begin to flow. They also enjoy being moved in this way. They yield to the feelings which surge through their souls. But no fruits of repentance ever develop. A shallow heart has no root in himself. So when the word causes them trouble with worldly men, they have no depth to stand up to worldly men. They're pushovers, easily uprooted, and they fall away. They fall back in line with the standards and the ideology of the world system because they're effervescent, not grounded. Effervescent means they are blown by the winds that are ever before them. Whether those winds are the word today or persecution tomorrow, they are controlled by the winds. The third heart is the crowded heart, verse 22. This heart is overwhelmed with competing interests. The crowded heart gives great attention to the worries and to the cares of daily life. In fact, it's obsessed with those things. The crowded heart is giving great attention to either the accumulation of wealth that is not in its possession or the counting of the wealth that is. The crowded heart is giving great attention to life's pleasures, recreation, entertainment, amusement. Whatever it is, the crowded heart is trying to have what Christ is offering in the kingdom while holding on to what the world is offering. And eventually the word will not bear lasting fruit in a crowded heart. Because the word requires a jealous and exclusive attention. In Matthew 6, we heard our Lord say, verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. But there is always something first and primary. If you try to serve two masters, Jesus said, you will hate one or the other or both. Now, the fourth heart is the good heart, verse 23. This is the believing and the fruitful heart. This is the heart that holds fast to the word, like the soil holding fast to the seed and its root. And it holds fast with understanding. This good heart is soft, ready to be penetrated by the seed. It's not hard. This good heart finds the provision of Christ the King greater than all the pleasures of the world. It is not crowded. This good heart finds the victory of Christ over death a more sure victory than anything promised by the world. This heart is not shallow. The good heart yields abundant fruit because it is a life being transformed by the seed it holds. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is the life of King Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. The life of King Jesus himself. It is stretching itself out in the life of the good hearts. He has penetrated and taken root. Through what? Through the sowing of the word. So, beloved, take care how you are hearing. Do not just hear the word of the king, but hear his word with a good heart. Do not be deceived. Our God is not mocked. He is not like a man. He does not just look to see if you are present. He looks to see what is in your heart after you have heard his word. I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Jeremiah 17.10. Be a very simple habit of prayer to come to the Lord every Saturday night or Sunday morning and say, Lord, I'm going to hear your word today. Lord Jesus, grant that your word would help me make a break with sin afresh. Grant that your word would make me love you anew. Grant that your word would clear my eye of faith to see you more in your resplendent glory and kingdom. Grant that your word would have these effects in me, O O God. In Jesus' name, amen. Instead of, hey, I'm going to be seen hearing the word today. I'm going to be able to say to my mom this afternoon on the phone call across the country that I heard the word today, that I was at church today. The Lord isn't looking for simply a body. He's looking for fruit. Certainly, it requires you to attend to the means of grace. Look at tonight's catechism question. But we are to indeed ask the Lord of the soils to work his word in us with understanding. So clearly our Lord is calling us and teaching us to examine our hearts. Psalm 139, verse 23, David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me 
in the way everlasting. Now, does David say this because he thinks his heart is clean and pure? No. He says this because he refuses to be deceived by his own heart. He says this because he knows the Lord will greet such brokenness and openness with compassion and power. It is true of you as well. You have nothing to fear if you humble yourself and ask the sower to heal your heart and make it good. Now, you have a lot to fear if you think you're going to go off in some wood or closet or mountaintop and make your own heart good. Oh, please fear that. Save the gas money. Go to the sower, the Lord of the soil. Ask him to make your heart good. Ask him to make his word take root in you again and again. He is not hard before the humble of heart. Let us pray. Father, help us. Help us receive these things tonight. Oh, gracious God, we thank you for every root that you have indeed supervised and created in us. We thank you that the word of your gospel has taken root in us believers. And we thank you that even yet you stand over that patch of earth called our heart as a gardener of love. But Lord, we, we, oh Lord, need your help even now. Even now that we are united to you by faith, we pray that you would keep us, keep us, Lord, in your word and your word in us. Grant that we would abide to use your own language, that we would abide in Christ. And Father, for any who are outside of Christ, who indeed are always being defeated by the ministry of the word, who find themselves never hearing the word and making a break with sin, never hearing the word and loving Jesus, never hearing the word and drawing near to you. O Father, humble them and grant that they would petition you in trembling, for you will in no wise turn away from those who would ask. We ask and pray for your help. In Jesus' name, amen.